Have you ever felt like you've got more in the tank and you know that there's more potential in you, especially in business? Jack came to set the standard and he ended up tripling his business within a couple of months. He has an email marketing company. Some of the tools and the tactics and the mindsets that we teach, we teach every two to three weeks in a free mindset webinar. This is an invite to you to come to that webinar. Just click the link below. It's the first link in the description and I'd love to see you guys there. Can't wait. How about you just focus on you and stop worrying about anyone else at all? Thanks so much for coming on to the show, my G. Good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you too, man. So we've been talking heaps and we've been talking about like uh, your life, especially off camera. Mm. And what I really value about you is just how you're like really setting the standard at the moment. Like fit as hell. Thank you. Oh, fit as hell. Uh, he's, got, like, he's, got, like, he's got a great relationship. <laughs> and business crushing it at the moment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, like, I really wanted to get into, like, your mind, because I think last time I, when we were chatting, like, something that really motivated me, just, like, getting fucking straight into it, was mentioning how you were, like, a tradie, there was <clears> drugs, <throat> alcohol, all that stuff involved, and then you just, like, sort of flicked a switch to now, like, flying, essentially. Mm. Like, you've just been, like, boom, boom. Boom, like over the last four months, you said like your business doubled, quadrupled or something yeah. like yeah. insane. So I sort of want to know a little bit about the journey of what like went from like, you know, trading all the things to like, you know, what, I'm actually going to start entrepreneurship and like chase this passion yeah. with yeah. everything that I've got. Uh, so mm, how to enter into this? I, th- I think that um, the, the thing that kind of happened is just. I reached like the threshold of pain that was kind of necessary for me to reach. And I think that's probably the simplest way to do it or, or to talk about it. And I think um, reflecting back onto it, I was in a stage of my life where I was like, I, I always, always, always just knew that I was like, this isn't it. You know what I mean? I'm like, what you're doing, bro, it ain't fucking it. You're living this life. You're sniffing drugs every day. You're fucking living like an absolute degenerate. You're fucking people around you, left, right and center. Um, you, you can't look at yourself in the mirror because you're just like ashamed of who you are. And I just kept doing it, you know what I mean? Because my, my environment and the way that my life had been built, my little consistency bias in my brain was just like, this is who you are. And you're getting like recognition from people around you that this is right. And you're getting like positive kind of like, yes, Sasha, yes, you're fucking killing it. Look how much you can sniff on the weekend and all that shit, right? So I had a lot of like support in that. And so um, it kind of just took me um, reaching a point of just absolute kind of like pain uh, where I was just like, had to realize or had to kind of break. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I think it was um, ownership. I had no ownership of my life at all. I was blaming everyone else. And I remember specifically thinking in so many of these times, I had like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, um, massive, wow. massive drug addiction. Um, How'd you get the hundred thousand dollars? I was from like car loans, credit cards, like just borrowing money for shit that I didn't need. Like I literally being like, all right, man, like you're living like a, a, a degenerate, but I want to look like a sick cunt. Um, <laughs> At least if I drive a nice car and have nice clothes and do this shit, like, and I sort of just borrowed heaps of money to do that shit. Was that credit like, card stuff? Or yeah, credit cards, personal loans, all of it. And it racked up to be about, be about 150 grand when I was like 23, 24. Whoa. Um, spoke to the banks. The banks were like, all right, Sasha, like, you know, we can help you. We'll restructure this finance. We'll put you in a, in, in it. We'll, we'll, we'll elongate the kind of loan term to 12 years. Um, this was by the time I was like just turning 25. So I would have been 37 by the time I paid all that debt off. And I remember just like sitting in that of just like, holy fuck, you've just completely railroaded the next 12 years of your life. 
like you're done. Like, like I, I looked at my income at the end of each week after all these deductions came out and it was like $280 I had left after loans, payments, all that shit. I was like, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? I had this one job that I was like holding on to and I remember just being like, what was the job? What, uh, just like a, a site foreman, kind of like construction. Um, but I was, I was a carpenter and then I started working into like a site foreman job. And um, it was just complete dead end. I remember looking down the line of where I was heading and just being like, you fucked. Absolutely fucked. Like there's nothing, there's no hope, there's no There's no idea of like how this can improve. Um, and there was just like extreme pain. And then the, the, the chick I was dating at the time, um, just finally got sick of me as well because I, I would have I would have got sick of myself long before then, um, and just you know kicked me out. Actually, she she took all the stuff out of the house we were living in, just cleaned it out and left. Like what? Like everything, all the furniture, all my clothes. Not no, she just you left. Moved, you moved out together? No, yeah, we moved out together. We lived in this little apartment and um, in Melbourne. No, no, in um, Brisbane. Oh, in in Brisbane. Brisbane. In Brisbane. And so I remember just coming home from work after after work one day, and there was just like nothing in the house, and everything was gone. And I was like, "Whoa, that's like yeah. guys' worst fear." Yeah, getting yeah. home, like just moved everything. Everything's gone, and then I just had a couple of clothes on the bed, and like my mattress on the floor, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I'm like, "This is this is it. This is you." I'm like, Bro, I'm like "This is you, dude." You lived through. I'm just gonna change this here. Yeah. You lived through the guy in the goals experience because I read that. Yeah, book yeah. Coming home. That's, that's literally what happened to him. I'm like, that's, that's actually a good connection. You, I didn't think about that. I was like, that's you, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And so, and, and so for me, I think I, that wasn't actually the, the, the biggest thing. So that was bad. And then like, um, there was a period not too long after that where I, I think she kind of like came home and she was like, um, and I, I think I was still just like off my head and drugged up and she came home to get some like more shit from the house. And she just looked at me and she's just like, you disgusting, pathetic fucking waste of my whole life like I, Whoa. I was just like sitting there and I and for some reason I, I don't even know what it was or what the fuck like came into me or came over me but I was just like busted and drugged up but I was like I'm gonna be successful as fuck watch so what were you like, what were you like busted and drugged up from was it just like just keeps with cocaine I was just using in, it in the middle of the day yeah 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 like during, like most days because I was working night shifts at the time so oh. I'd like wake up and just use drugs like I was like no I'm not gonna use drugs today and just like sniff drugs like most days like a bag of night or like yeah I'd say like probably three to four grams a week yeah okay yeah for for a decent amount of time yeah and so I think I think it was just the whole combination of all those things like happening and consistently just being like um I don't know like I I think each person has their own threshold of pain they need to experience I I, um similar story I was with my little brother recently and he's like going through a lot of shit at the moment I kind of hope he listens to this um and and he was like complaining about all this stuff in his life. He was talking about like, um, I don't know, arrest with the police and all these bad things that he's doing. And he's like, oh, man, I'm just so sick of it. Like, I'm, uh, And he's like getting really, really emotional. I'm like, well, you're not fucking sick enough. You're, like, you're not. Unfortunately, bro, you know what I mean? Keep fucking going. Keep dropping. And that was for me. It was like that point that I kind of reached was whatever I needed to reach, whatever I needed to learn was like me taking ownership over who I was and what I was doing to myself. I remember just like looking in the mirror like this one morning and I was just like hated everything about myself, everything like how I looked, what I was like thinking in my head, my, my, my environment, my story, everything. I was like just resenting everything about myself. And I was like, you're a fucking absolute piece of shit. So I was like, for me, that was enough to to, to, to initiate at least like the, 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 the beginning stages of like change, which for me just started out with being like, how about you just like wake up on time? Like, how about you just like, when you say you're going to get up in the morning, like actually fucking get up. And that was it. Like, um, 
it was fucked, dude. Like, and it started like just literally being like, all right, well, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. And how about you just get out of bed? And how about you just make your bed? And then how about today? Like you just like put an application in for a job that's better than your job you got right now. Um, and so over time, it was just like slow, slow, slow and insanely painful and insanely, insanely like massive amounts of like weight um, of the previous version of me pulling me back there. Like I was like, I, I, I really want to do this. and I really want to be consistent with like wake up on time and make my bed. And the pressure of like, come do this, Sasha, come be this, come hang out with us, come fucking party. Who the fuck are you? Why wouldn't you do it? Like massive, 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 massive. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just had enough kind of, whether it was like the pain and, and, and the absolute terror of like who I would be and how my life would be if I continued that way, it kind of stuck with me. A little bit of um, me being like, fuck you to my girlfriend at the time because I was like, wanted to show her and wanted to show, I guess, like, the world. Like, I can actually be something, you know what I mean? Because I just feel like a worthless fucking loser. Did you think that her sort of calling you forward and being like, wow, look at you, you piece of... Do you think that that was, like, a, a sort of turning point that really, like, ignite, like, flick the switch, that, like, lit the flame? Do you reckon, like, that moment? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think in a way it was, yeah. Um, I, I, I never, I, like... I always think there's multiple, you know what I mean? I never think there's like just the, the one single moment. I think there's just like, it's a culmination of, of, of events and moments and awareness kind of like expansion that happens that you eventually come to this realization. You're like, this isn't working. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's a very, very, very challenging thing. Like um, to have that complete, like this is all your fucking fault. You know what I mean? To sit there and to know that that's actually true and be like, no one to blame. Mm. You know what I mean? You'd feel like this like heavy, heavy, heavy energy. And it's like the weight of knowing that you have to fix it. The weight of knowing like you're so overwhelmed with like, where do I even start? What do I even do? How do I even face all of that shit? You know what I mean? I've been running for so fucking long. Like it's huge. Fucking huge, dude. Did yeah. you like in, in regards to that, did you seek out mentorship? Uh, like I was thinking about just as we were about to jump in here and I was thinking like, the difference I think between um, how things are today and how things are um, or were back then is like there wasn't as much of like the whole like you have so much access to so many people or mentors or guidance or advice or help like there wasn't really anything you know what I mean I think but in that stage uh, there was pretty I think um, maybe like like just basic stuff like there wasn't as much in the market of like I can actually find and search and get some help for this particular thing and there's 20 different people and I, I like the way that he talks and the way that he looks I'm going to learn like there wasn't that you know so Initially, what it was, was um, there was a couple of things that happened. So I, I started kind of like speaking to and, you know, coming close. This was like several months afterwards, um, speaking to and getting close with my, my now wife. And that was a big, big, big driving force for me to be like, clean yourself up. So before you started business, you started talking to her? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, correct. So I, I was just like working in a job and I was kind of still in, the, in this phase of like, I'm trying to really clean my life up. Like this is yeah ridiculously hard and my whole environment was like stay where you are motherfucker like, <laughs> you know like yeah you ain't fucking leaving like it was so was she much in business? no 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 she just she just um worked uh worked job uh, and i don't know i just had so much like respect for her and i really really wanted to i guess just like be a, a better version of me for her because i like i really love the idea of like our life together and who i would be like I just had this vision where I was like, you're my fucking wife. 
you know what I mean? Like straight away. And I was like, this is it. Like, let's go. Lock it in, you know? Um, from very, very, very early stages. And I, I think for me, like, I was thinking about that kind of vision of what I wanted. And I was like looking at myself and I was like, there's a mismatch here, brother. Like, this ain't working. You know what I mean? Um, and it caused me a lot of grief. So it really, really um, compelled me to, yeah, change, be better. And then business that was that was something different so initially like i'd been with my girlfriend for a little while now at that point and um one of my one of my friends he really really close friend of mine he, he kind of um came to me with this idea i was still working construction and just kind of like doing the nine to five making about 1200 bucks a week just managing like just managing but kind of like starting to get a little bit more consistency in my life and um still had this huge like how the fuck are you going to deal with all this debt in my head, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm like, I didn't tell anyone about it. It was this shame, huge shame where I was like, I don't want to even talk about money. I don't want to even talk about like debt. I don't like spend money. And I was like, I remember one time, like we went like out to the nightclub one time and um, my now brother-in-law we went to like the ATM and shit. And um, I had no money. Like I had like $13 in my account. And like, he's like, come like, let's get some cash out so we can get that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet, I'll come. And I like, went to the ATM and I put my card in and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll Oh, the ATM's not working. So I'm like fully faked it, man. Like, it just, and like, <laughs> we laugh about it now. We were, we, were, we were driving yesterday and he's like, remember when you came to the ATM and you, and because he, he went along with it and, he, and I told him like years after, I'm like, bro, like, remember that time? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I had no money. I was literally like faking that whole shit. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. That's scary um, to think about because it's like the whole time you're, Personality, your whole psyche just wants to avoid. Yeah. It's like... Just running, running, avoid, running. Yeah. Avoid. And it's interesting that like you're avoiding for so long and then you switch and you're like, all right, I'm going to take ownership for a couple of things. Yeah. But I'm mainly going to take ownership for just like myself right now. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's like, you just have to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just have to. It's like, who? who I had this um, realization when I was in my holiday uh, in Mexico recently. It was like, um, it just kind of came to me when I, when I was in the beach, at, at the beach, and I was sitting there and like beautiful view, looking over like the crystal clear water of the Caribbean Sea. And I was like, um, and I was kind of starting to get the itch to like, I want to get back into it. You know what I mean? I was like, let's go. Like, <laughs> I just spent like two weeks ma- mapping out my business plan. I've gone through all my reflections. I was really, really, really sensitive and really clear about what I wanted. And um, just kind of dropped into my head where I was like, <clears throat> a man's at his best when he's in the pursuit of what he wants. And I was just like, oh, I'm like, that's it. And I'm like, that's what I want. And I'm like, I become better when I'm pursuing the things that are truly meant for me, you know? And um, I, I, I think that's what started to happen. And I think that's why, like, you just have to start. What do you think about this? Because right, in the head, I was just like thinking of this as sort of like a problem. What about the people who are like, yeah, I want to start. I sort of know what I want to do. I know these things. And like, I want to do that. But like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good where I am. And that's like, they would have to take two steps back, have some pain in their family, pain like financially, whatever it is, to start doing what they want, right? And then obviously there's like bigger gain at the end of it. Mm. But for the people who are like hesitating from doing that, like, have you got any advice? So as in like, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They know what they want, but they're not doing what they want right now. Got it. Right? They know yeah. what they want, but they're not doing what they want. They're scared to do what they want because yeah. that's going to make them take two steps back now to focus on doing what they want. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it's like it's like you either pay now or you pay twice in the future. Mm. And I think it's like if you if if you if you know that that is the case and you're avoiding it, like you are going to pay multiple multiple times of whether it's time, energy, money, whatever it might be, 
put into that thing that you know you should do. Um, so like, <clears throat> I think that's one big thing that I'm really conscious of this year is like the time between um, the thought that comes into my mind. And I, and I had this, the one thing that I wrote down, which was huge, was just like, if you know you're going to do it anyway, do it now. <laughs> yeah. because like 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 for me that was it and I remember last couple of years and I've seen observed it so many times over like my life with so many different things whether it's like um, anything to do with like business deal anything to do with like sales contract anything to do with like hiring or firing um, and it's like you know you should do it and then you delay it because you're like oh like maybe it'll get better maybe it'll improve maybe I won't need it maybe I won't need to fire that person maybe they'll get better uh, maybe I won't need that extra money for funding whatever it might be and then you end up needing it and you're in a dire straight situation where you need to do it fast and you get hurt. You know what I mean? So the impacts of, of waiting and delaying something that you know you should be usually are like what I've measured to be about four to five times worse. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what my observation is. Is like if you can summon the courage to just be like, hey, like just fucking do it. This is going to be way worse. Well, yeah. I think like you, like you would have uh, like a more like understanding of that in your mind because you're like, well, I've been at when it's at its worst yeah. and fuck that <laughs> the thing is as well is like is like we we as humans I think we um we forget how bad things were um a lot quicker than we hold on to how good things were and um that's a big thing for me like I will always have a heavy kind of like bias of optimism and I'll always be like well this is amazing well this could be great well this could be good and, and it's fantastic because it like opens me up to so many great opportunities and allows me to see different things and expand in different areas and, and, and have so much more fun in hard times. But at the same time, it also uh, makes me miss a lot of things. Mm. You know what I mean? And so like, like um, what, for example, uh, like people's intentions, okay. you know what I mean? Like if, if you just think the best of everything all the time, like people can take advantage of you. They can manipulate you. They can, you know, have you had that happen to you? Yeah, definitely. Like a business or? Um, yeah, I would say like uh, business predominantly. Yeah, definitely like just um, over trusting people. Um, is this like employees or employees, partners, everything? Like, well, yeah, like have, having having just this naive kind of like trust that things are going to be okay. And it's really, really, really challenging because like naivete or like not knowing is really valuable as well. So, like for example, I did this event with Jordan Belfort, and um, I knew nothing at all. Like I literally had myself and a $12 an hour VA in the Philippines. Um, and I had never run an event. I'd never spoken on stage. I'd never like, <laughs> conducted anything at all at any scale, like zero, like zero, nothing. And so I went to his mastermind. We sat down and he's like, hey, I'd love to you know, come to Australia. It'll really put you on the map. And he's just pulling on my big ego heartstrings to you know, make me feel significant and all this status. And I was like... This is going to be it. How so? What, what were some things that he was saying to you that oh, you, he, he was just like boosting? Dude, uh, it's the same things that I would say to someone if I wanted them to just close their eyes and trust me. Like, it's like, oh, son, I see what you're doing. Wow, it's so incredible. I want to take you under my wing. I want to nurture you. I want to mentor you. And I was like, this is a dream come true. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then on the back end of that, it's like, all right, cool. Like, with no experience and like a, a, a four-month kind of like, um, you know, time window, you've got to organize two and a half, three thousand people in two different cities, like um, fill tickets for that. Um, I had an email list of like 300 people. <laughs> so like I had nothing. I had no assets. I How had long ago was this? Zero. Like this was like 2019, 2020. <laughs> okay. Not long ago. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I remember like getting into that. I'm like, how hard can it fucking be? 
you know what I mean? Like I, I wrote down a few numbers on the, on the on the entrepreneur's best friend, the whiteboard, and I was like, well, that's probably about what it's going to cost. It's probably about like the difficulty of it. Like I'm going to make heaps of money. Optimism bias, just like fucking firing. Like everything's going to be amazing. I'm going to have a massive career. This is going to boost me into like social status, celebrity status. <clears throat> and then I remember we got into it and we started kind of running uh, marketing and advertising for it because that was the only way I could actually get acquisitions of ticket sales. And um, I was making no sales. Like no tickets were selling. And I was like, holy fuck. I think I sold like 16 tickets in the first like two weeks. And I was like, literally like not sleeping at all. Like sharp sense of like terror. Terror Terror is a good word for it. You know when you're freaking out about business or something is in your chest and you're like, and you're losing that terror is is the right word. It's 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 sharp and your whole body is like cold and you feel that like sense of like clamminess and you're like, you know, and um, <laughs> it's wild, man. Um, and so I I remember like I had four months to put it together. I started like going frantically speaking to every person that I remotely even knew in the space because I was like, what do I do? At that point, I think I'd paid, um, paid Jordan like 150, 180,000 for like the speaking fees and all the rest involved with it. So I'm, I'm heavily in it. You know what I mean? And um, I had booked in some venues and stuff. So was that, that like all your money at the time as well? No, because I, I, I kind of accumulated a fair bit of money from my my, my automotive repair business. Okay. Um, so I had a little bit of cash. Do you still have it? No, no, no. Okay. I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I had a bit of cash, but it was like most of my money. You know, and I was like, this is this is a, this is a big balls risk. Um, and I remember like speaking to a few people that I eventually got a hold of. I like, spoke to some of the people in Success Resources. Like made some connections through different people, and I was like, what should I do? You know, and they're like, oh, you're doing an event with Jordan. Oh, I did one, you know, in the past. I'm like, I would never do it again. And I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and I spoke to another guy. I, I tried to get in contact with another guy. He, he ran an event with Jordan many years ago. And um, I was like emailing him, trying to get in contact. And he goes, I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk about it. No. And I was like, how fucking bad was this? No. So, like, you did that, that sense of dread and terror is, like, building up. And I'm like, what do I do? Um, and so, I, 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 like, my mindset is just, like, I'm, I'm going to either, like, um, well, I was just, like, I'm going to go through it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, for, for better or for worse, um, so far in my life for the better, um, I'm, I'm a really, really bad quitter. And I, th- I think it's... To be honest, there's a big part of my, whether it's like European like heritage that's like thick Russian skull that goes, fuck you, we're going to keep pushing until I get it. I think, I think so. Uh, which, which which can come with, you know, additional downside and damages, you know what I mean? And, and, and too much kind of like, um, I need to know when the loss version is enough and I'm like, cut it. Anyway, with this, I, I, I kind of had that mindset. I'm like, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it. I'm committed. I'm, I paid this guy, whatever it is, 180 grand. I'm not going to pull back on it. And so <clears throat> we, 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 Pushed the dates of the event back. I had this one guy that I kind of like got in contact with. Greg, his name was, and I was like, "What do you think I should do?" And he's like, "How long have you got? How much money you got?" And 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 he asked me like fifteen questions in the space of about like two minutes, and then he just hung up with me. And he's like, "I'll call you." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Um, and so like that for me is an example of like naivete. Like every person I spoke to was like, "Never do it." Um, every person that was like directly advising me through the process was like, "You're absolutely out of your mind." Um, and even like until the point where we, we, we came probably like two or three weeks out from the actual like a happening of the event, I was like, I'm about to wrap this thing up and pull it, pull the plug. Like it was nuts. But like, I remember getting there and standing there and like being part of that event. And then even Jordan coming to the event and being like, he's like, dude, I've been to thousands of events. And he's like, this is one of the best put together events I've ever seen. 
And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? And, and, and I remember like having my little email VA speaking to all these people and being like, we will get back to you. I'm like, bro, it's just like you and me. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make this like perception of this big company that's like facilitating this event. It was literally like me in my bedroom with my laptop, my VA, and we filled, you know, um, I think it was like 1,000, 1,100 tickets in like How? Melbourne. Uh, oh, with like 180 grand of Facebook ads. Oh, okay. Really. You spent a shitload of ads. Yeah. yeah. Um, some promoters and people, different affiliates that I kind of like recruited in different areas that were selling tickets for me. Um, recruiters and affiliate. Good job. Yeah. And just like that would see, be a new skill, right? Oh yeah. yeah, all of it was a new skill. Like, I, I literally went from like being in that kind of automotive repair industry, which, which is like nothing digital, everything's face to face, everything's like flying around repairing cars, to to standing in front of you know a thousand people and then thirteen hundred people like back to back on nineteenth and twentieth of February, with no experience at all, nothing at all, <laughs> zero. And so like I don't think like knowing what I know now, like I would never do that. And that's like that that piece of like naivete where it's like. Sometimes having, and I think that's why a lot of companies these days disrupt bigger companies because they see something that they don't see and they don't know like what the way is that it's supposed to be. So they're like, oh, we'll just come in and do that. And the big company's like, well, you can't do that because we've been doing this for 25 years. So I don't know, it can serve you, but it can be pretty damaging. So yeah, interesting. So yeah, now you've got the knowledge to run like and sell out any event. Not any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that's really cool. What would you say then in regards to like, so like obviously time there was a lot of naiveness mm. happening then. How do you counteract that now? Is it just like the risk management plans that you were talking about? Like you just like map out all your risk. Like how do you instead of, because I think like when I look at that, I'm like, well, that really sharpened your sword. Like mm. Jordan saw this like sort of potential in you and he's just like I'm just going to dump all of it on fucking Sash and see how he like responds really yeah. sort of what oh, it's yeah. like and then you rose up to the challenge and fucking met it even though yeah. it just ripped your hair out during exactly. the process and I was like okay well now that you know that skill like if you were to do that again what, what are like the tools well so I, I, I will because I know myself in terms of my over optimistic kind of bias towards all the good things that ha- can happen I will um, intentionally constantly look at like all the bad things Oh, yeah. And I would just be like, like what? how do you, how do you go through? Because I'm optimistic as well. I'm sure a lot of people might be listening to this optimistic. How do you go through and like look at all the shit things? You just write like down like a shit list? <laughs> like, oh, it's it's honestly just like um because like human beings have like a much stronger kind of negativity bias. Like they are better at kind of predicting what could go wrong as opposed to like what could go right. You know what I mean? Like by 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 the way we're wired in terms of survival, it's like that's a threat, that's a threat, that could go bad, that could go bad. Whereas like what could go right is like how are you supposed to project that or predict that? You know mm. what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just like, well, it kind of makes sense and it could happen. Cross my fingers, hopefully it does. Um, and so like doing things like um, just really deeply analyzing downsides or looking at like, okay, here's the deal. What are all the ways this could completely fucking derail me and fuck me out of every single dollar I put into it? And I'll sit there and just like obsess on it to the point where I'm like, that's really fucking bad. <laughs> you know I mean? like I like to voice me so that dude that's really fucking yeah yeah, yeah. I know, but like, uh, and then um, theory of constraints like Ellie says um, when the how does he say it? Uh, when, when, when the when the worst possible cost sorry yeah when the worst possible cost is still greater than the um, no sorry when the when, sorry when the greatest possible cost as in how much you, your, your predicted cost is whether it's time energy resources money whatever it is so it's like if you, you think it's going to cost you 100 grand and you extrapolate that and you're like man well if everything went horribly wrong it might cost me 500 grand um, when that cost is still less than the worst possible benefit then it's a no brainer 
I like that. That's you know really I mean? good. It's very yeah. simple to kind of get your head around, but it's, it's it's quite challenging. So I would just say to offset the naivete for me, I just I just spend a lot more time like obsessing over my demons and obsessing over things that are like potentially gonna go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it just helps me because yeah. The, what is um Joe D. Martini says, your 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 voids create your values. Mm-hmm. Um and I th- I think some of the lessons that I've learned going through these things is like I I, I don't want to and it's really challenging because I think like Sometimes it can lead you into like a, a fear-based state of operating in lack when you're constantly running from something that you don't like. You know what I mean? If you're constantly like, oh, I don't want to go broke again. I'm always going to be running from that and it can kind of put you in a very like not a positive energy, abundant kind of state, you know? But I think um, forgetting some of those issues and things that you've kind of been through in the past is also like dumb as well. I think a lot of people do. And I, I, I've noticed myself kind of like, uh, I notice I have done that in some areas in the past, and like so now I intentionally put myself in situations where I'm like, let's think about all the things that went bad. Mm, I like that. As it's real to me. It sort of seems really like yin and yang. So yeah. it's like because it's like well, you are most of the time optimistic, so it's like you're actually spending really time to like look at stuff. Yeah. So when things do happen and they happen in the way you want, it's like yeah. you really get celebrated. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's like the, 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 the phrase that I have in, especially with business is like, I don't want surprises. But you don't. You know what I mean? Like think about a, a surprise in business that's actually good. Yeah. Usually, True. Usually they're not. And I always think as well, it's like business is really educated gambling. Mm. You're putting every single thing like in order as best as possible. So it's like, you know, 99% chance you got to get it. So but the difference, it, I, I think, in terms of business versus gambling is um, the odds increasingly get more and more in your favor. Yeah. If you learn. So rather yeah. than like gambling being a flat line, as in like it's constantly this odds against the house or, you know, business continues to increase where you are, you know, a very fucking good gambler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you make really good decisions. You basically, as you said, set it up in such a way yeah. where it's like, well, of course this is going to happen. Yeah. And the result I'm either going to get is like in here. It's going to be like yeah. what I expected over what I expected yeah. or under what I expected. Yeah. Under what I expected, let's go back. Over what I expected, let's go back so we can do it again exactly. because whatever that's happening. Exactly. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's good. That's it. It's a good way to think about it. I also want to talk about, I'm just call it sort of um, like your mindset around uh, like money as an entrepreneur and like your like mindset as an entrepreneur for how you uh, attack things and make decisions because I think it's really important to have a certain mindset or like guides or frameworks that you use with your everyday, with everything else mm. that like, like, you know, you do. And I know you've like had so many mentors that it's like yeah. taught you the crazy stuff. So like, I want to talk a little bit about that. So I don't know if you want to like break that down or just like mm. something that's real passionate that you've just been like using recently. I think has been working. So specifically towards money or just in, in general business, make, business decision making. I would say, I would say either whatever feels like most comfortable for you, something around uh, like money mindset mm. or like entrepreneur mindset. Either because they go like hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so where to start? Yeah, I think I think probably like starting with like I guess like an entrepreneur when you first start, like you have no idea or concept of the value that you can bring or provide, and so naturally I think you'll have like a um, like like you won't value yourself enough, and you'll have that imposter syndrome like heavy on which will lead you to kind of like overcompensate or kind of like undercharge or think wrongly about money and, and put yourself in a mindset that might not serve you. Did that last for you? Like as maybe we were mentioning last time and you were like sort of the imposter syndrome only stopped like not even that long. Yeah, I would say about 12 months ago, I've noticed it like shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. How so? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested, like, in people who are entrepreneurs who are doing like quite well, mm. and they're still like in imposter syndrome, like, fuck, it's like funny, mm. and they're like, goddamn, like, fraud right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a big thing. That was a big thing for for, for a long time for me, and I, and I think um, what I would say would for, for me, just like reflecting on myself, I think it was like I was, and and, and I think like. So if you, if you, if you do like, um, a lot really, really, really fucking quick, um, you've, I think your business growth can exceed, uh, your identity essentially like your business. And, and this is the same thing in terms of, yeah, like I see it with, with, with the people in my team, for example, it's like when, when, when my company grows really quickly, it's like the skill sets and the knowledges and the role that you have are no longer that useful. Because I'm like, you're thinking like a business at this scale, but we need you over here. You know what I'm saying? And I think like that happens often, you know what I mean? When people go through these rapid shifts and they go through these rapid kind of like transformations on a business level, they're like, oh my God, I'm making all this money and they don't feel deserving of it. And they're like, I need to get rid of it. I need to fuck it off or I need to find a way to like stop doing it. You Did you go through that? Um, I, I don't think I went through it specifically. I, I, I think I, I, um, I definitely struggled with it, but I think I just dealt with it in the sense of just... Um, overcompensating with a big ego and being like describe to me your ego so just like um because i i I think a lot of people in my team a lot of people around that that, that kind of know me would say that you know i'm kind of pretty direct pretty forward pretty kind of like sometimes forceful pretty direct or you are (laughs) (laughs) and um and like so, so 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 that's great and all but it also can like leave you in a position where you have a lot of blind spots um, because if you're super direct and like over the top and people feel like they can't come to you with like the truth, then you're going to be left with a lot of things that you don't know. And so I think um, I, and I notice this a lot with like people when they're in a learning situation and they have the wrong mindset towards like how to absorb information, they will overcompensate by being like really defensive, really, really direct, really forward and like protective of their position. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want people to figure out that I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm going to talk really loudly. I'm going to carry on like really in, in a massive state of ego. So people just assume that I know what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Right. And I think I kind of compensated for me not knowing very much with that. Okay, so big, like loud a- fucking voice, big, loud fucking booming directions, yeah. like a whole lot of like charisma and like ego that just like was like permeating everywhere. But it's like, I don't really actually know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's, that's how I kind of observed it. And that's how I kind of, uh, I guess like navigated myself. And then I think, um, I had to, which I think really helped completely retracting off all socials and just being like, how about you just focus on you and stop worrying about anyone else at all. That was a big thing for me where I was like, I, I'm not going to spend time on that shit. I'm not going to like worry about posting or sharing or doing anything. I'm like, it just puts you in a position where it's like, you're needing to keep up with these external appearances, which is like, bro, it doesn't serve you. Mm. Um, and I think that was really quite helpful for me to, to be able to like actually sit back and like reflect on myself and learn the things that I knew that I needed to, to bridge the gap and, and then be ahead of the gap in terms of like not having that imposter syndrome being like, Hey, like this is what I am. This is what I've done. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. It's come back down to like owning yourself really. And like, uh, like accepting that. So it sort of feel like <clears throat> your ego, sort of like you were manipulating yourself, Yeah, which is really interesting. And then always when you're manipulating yourself, it's going to show up and like. Yeah. You're going to manipulate others in exactly. some way whatsoever, like real slightly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, and I think it's really interesting, like for you, like sort of understanding and like owning those things about yourself would have been like, I'm assuming would have been one of the factors that was like, okay, let's go from like hundred K months to over a million K months as well as balancing like my relationship yeah. and this whole team. Yeah. 
But I think I think one thing I've learned as well is that um, the more you focus on like the should do's or like the the quote unquote balance based on someone else's perspective, like the more you will live in um, a an identity that isn't yours. So my mom, for example, anyone in my family, anyone in my family, they always just put their kind of opinions and statements on me of you should do this or I don't see this of you, I don't do that. And if I want to kind of borrow that and live in that, like it doesn't serve me at all. It slows me down, puts me in guilt, puts me in shame, puts me in like all of these fucked up emotions because I'm like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I don't, maybe I do work too much. But I'm like, why would I borrow your identity of, of what you want me to be based on you I'm like, that's just so busted up. Dude, what, what else is there? What, what other things to that? I feel like sometimes, you like from what you're saying here, is like some of the limiting, limiting beliefs that we have on ourselves aren't actually our own. I think most of them are. Yeah, they're, they're others. And then I think like, because of identity, we fight for them. We fight most, most things, I think. And I think um, uh, Dan Sullivan's book, uh, is it Who Not Now? I think it was The Gap in the Game. But I think he, he talks about it really, really eloquently in that. And he goes... Um, People need to become more and more and more okay with wanting what they want. And it's like, I, I, don't, I don't fucking care. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I want what I want. I don't need to justify it. I don't need to tell you a big charitable story about all the Indians and Africans I'm going to help. It's like, I, I just want that. And I'm completely cool for you to think whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that is such a freeing and empowering position to stand in. Um, and I think a lot of people need to adopt something of that sort for themselves and be like, what do I actually want? You know what I mean? Me personally, myself, um, and not someone else and not like what I should do or what I should. And, and I think like for me, like I've been really, really a lot more ruthless with myself and people around me where I'm like, if I catch myself saying things like I should, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want it. Have you got a story? You- I mean, like even, even like, um, I would say like, you know, a couple of years ago, I would be really, really, really bad in like a, a, a people pleaser, yes man situation. How, you got, like, like, like people in my team, like would, would, would kind of ask me for whether it's like, um, can we do this certain thing? Can we, can, can I have a pay rise? Can I have more commit? All these things. And I would have like, again, if we trace it back, it goes to, I didn't know enough about what I was doing. So I'd overcompensate and play a big ego card. Um, underneath a massive like scarcity and lack of like I, I really don't know what I'm talking about right um, and, I, and I had this kind of perception that people would figure that out so I need to keep them happy otherwise I'll leave right and so then I would say yes to a lot of things to keep people happy so they wouldn't leave and so like people being like uh, you know can I get a pay rise uh, or I'm going to leave and I'd be like oh like don't leave or here's a pay rise or like uh, commissions I've got more commissions oh well, you're really good don't have, here's this or don't or I don't want you to leave um, and, and, and I think like just saying yes to so many things, it puts you in a position where it's like you don't stand for anything because you stand. You're just giving your power away to everything and anything. And I think um, for me, it was just like massive ownership for myself. Like this is all your fault, motherfucker. First things first, <laughs> and then being like, what do you actually need to? To I think one thing that I, I turned around really well, which was quite interesting, was like the relationship between um, fear and. Um, just realizing that fear is just a symbol that I, I, I'm not aware or I need to learn something. And the, the, the quicker that I did that, where I was like fear or something or wanting to bury my head in the sand, wanting to avoid something and turn that into the energy of like, what, what's the information here that you don't know that could actually be really quite exciting, you know, for you to learn about. I think the biggest thing was probably just like finances in general. Like when I didn't know what I know now about it, like I would just avoid it. And I just trust my, whether it was my accountant, trust my bookkeeper, trust my account manager, whoever it might be, or finance manager to tell me the things that were right or wrong. Because I was like, well, hopefully that's right. 
And I had this fear of like, I don't even know if any of that's right. But rather than actually facing it and diving into it, I'll just avoid it, you know? And then you just let it kind of fester and brew and it gets bigger and badder and compounds and it just gets nasty. So what do you think for you then were the things in terms of, because I really like this mindset of being in a position where it's like, well, I don't know. So I'm sort of faking it. Yeah. Which was like a positive syndrome. How did you get to know? And what do you think those like key areas were for you to like really dive deep on? So, yeah, that's a really, really deep, big question. So, <laughs> yeah. like, if, if I was to if I was to retrace and, and, and look at what I did, I just did a whole crap load of, like, um, random activities and actions in a whole bunch of different directions. Um, and one thing I didn't do enough, which I think, to be honest, most people just need to do. Like, if you just move into action, even if it's in the wrong direction, you're still going to learn something. So, you start getting feedback and you start kind of, like, improving that feedback loop of, like, Oh, well, like, okay, that, that didn't work, but I kind of like that feeling of like doing something. So maybe try something different. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that's probably the most important thing. And I'd say just like moving into action is most important. The thing that I didn't do enough that I'm doing a lot more of now is, 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 um, being really aware of like what my downsides are and my natural dispositions towards like this optimism bias or like these certain areas where I feel like I'm not as proficient in those skills that I want to be. And so I know that it's going to be a hazard or an issue if I don't either find someone to plug that hole or learn about that myself. So I think that was really, really big myself, like going through that and learning like, okay, so I'm really good at this. I'm really bad at that. I'm either going to learn it or I'm going to find a who to plug that hole. So I don't need to be so concerned about it. What, what were you good and bad at? So I feel like I've, I've always been very, very good at inspiring other people and kind of like leading other people and sharing my kind of like vision in a way that has people want to follow. Awesome at it. Influencing people, selling, um, any form of like uh, sales-based situation, I feel like I'm very, very, very good at. Um, and, Can you give and, me an example? Well, I mean, <laughs> right now, baby. <laughs> Put it on the camera. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, th- I think even like thinking about the the whole thing with Jordan Belfort, this is the first thing that came to mind. Like, I I did those events and I put them together and I wanted to commercialize the events. And I had never, like I said, spoken on stage before, sold on stage before. And so I went from like complete zero skill set to standing in front of a room of a thousand and twelve or thirteen hundred people and like hardcore selling from stage that I get to the back of the room. Um <laughs> commanding commanding people to the back of the room and, and, and did it with like the most I remember like going through that close and just it was the it was the most confident I felt through the entire presentation. Which is like converse to what most people would be where it was like as soon as you start to ask people for money, most people are like, oh, uh, uh, I, I do, yeah clam up but for me i was like on stage and i had a thousand plus eyeballs on me and i was like stand up and get to the back of the room (laughs) and and so like uh, i think that naturally comes to me quite well in terms of being able to like understand influence and help to persuade people to do things that i I believe are best for them um and then opposite to that some of the things that i didn't know and understand were just like um i'd say business economics like financial economics and some of those areas which were just deficiencies and i i just buried my head in the sand for a long time about them um, you just started reading on them, learning on them, coaches, or like- yeah, and and I think um, again, similar to the fact of I guess what happened with my you know previous girlfriend, the, there was enough pain in my life and situation where I was like, okay, so you either keep you know I guess letting these things be deficiencies and bury your head in the sand, and you'll probably not in business anymore, or you learn, you know what I mean, and you actually like you know look at them very closely and just fucking start, you know what I mean? It's like I think the cool thing is that most people need to develop is like that I believe has been a big part of what's actually put me in a position where I feel more confident constantly constantly now is, is I have so much evidence 
And, and if I look back on, if I'm ever in a situation or a state where I'm like really, really like beaten up and struggling and feeling like, you know, um, upset about who I am or what, or I'm like really confronted by a particular challenge or obstacle and I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. Like I'll just like pause for a minute. I'll go into the bathroom. I'll, I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like, all right, let's just like flick through the slides of the things that you've done. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so that, yeah, that, and I'm like that. That as well, and that, and that. I'm like, and I'm giving you chills right now. I'm like, I'm like, get the fuck up, dude, and just, what are you seriously down yourself, pussy? Yeah. <laughs> get the fuck back in there. Let's roll. It's crazy, as you mentioned. One thing I learned recently is like, what you've done, and if you think about like something that you've done, and it's like something bad, it's like that's what you feel guilt about. Mm. That thing that you, that you've done. Mm. However, what's really common in the Western world is the things that we've done influence who we think we are, mm. and if we think that we're someone bad. We just get like filled with shame. Yeah. And it's like to get rid of that shame and owning it is really finding those key points. Like one of evidence and understanding that's like, it's not actually an identity thing. Mm. We've just made it an identity thing, Mm. even though it's not because we've had evidence from somewhere else that has made us like from somewhere in our past that has made us think that it's us and not actually you know, the things that we've done yeah. we do it up against. So. And it's a perception thing as well. You know what I mean? It's how you've internalized that belief at that time. You know, yeah. I, I did this personal development workshop um, and it was actually really, really quite empowering. And so I think a lot of the, 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 the reason that I pursue a lot of things in my life is because I have the belief that I didn't get a lot of love or approval from my dad, right? And so I, I, uh, I remember we were, I was doing this like it was only two days or three days. It's called flip the script. And you kind of work through all these layers of like finding particular defining moments that created beliefs in your life. And you can kind of like rewrite those beliefs. And so I, I, I remember going through this event and then, um, you know, highlighting a couple of key areas where I really felt like no love and no recognition from my dad. Like we're driving back. My dad was like the ice hockey coach of my ice hockey team. We're driving back from a, a big game that we had together. And I like busted my heart all on the ice, the whole entire game. And then we're driving home and my dad's just like sitting there in the car and just like talking about one of these other people on the team the whole time. He's like, oh, did you see Craig? Oh, he just, how he skated. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, look at me. The whole time. The whole time, the whole time, the whole time. And so like during that whole like process, and, and for me that was like, and it still is, I think, I, I probably haven't healed it enough, but it's still, like, oh, please, <laughs> please, can you call me? <laughs> tell me I'm scared of good But like during that, during that event, I kind of um, outlined that, highlighted that, really isolated and identified this was a really key thing. You know what I mean? It created a, a big identity in me where I was like, I need to get the love and approval of my dad. And I'm going to chase. I'm going to do whatever I need to. I'm going to be as successful as I can. I'm going to do all of the things that, like, theoretically in my mind should make someone love me, you know? And uh, and then during that, 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 that same presentation, that same workshop, we went through the converse of, like, why that actually happened and then how what my dad did was actually serving and protecting me. And so, like, what he – this is how I internalize it because my dad had really, really – um, my, my, my dad never actually saw very much of his dad because he was away in the war all the time. He had a really, really, really close connection with his mum, loving, loving, loving connection with his mum. And so the way that I kind of like saw this is by him uh, being really hard on me and being very like rough and not giving me any love, what it did was is it actually um, went and had me seek the attention and love of my mum, which brought us extremely close together and I have an amazing relationship with my mum. So by him being like, 
well, I, I never got to, you know, love my dad and have a great connection with my dad. I'm going to like, you know, put all this pressure on you. You're going to go and have an incredible connection with your mum. Yeah, that's how I internalized like it. And me. it's just rewriting this whole kind of thing. So he was able to kind of gift me this relationship with my mum that he maybe internalized was, was, was the right thing. And I think the thing is like, it doesn't even matter if it's true or not. Like whether that is even true or that's even what happened. I'm like, if, if, if that benefits me, it's like success. You know what I mean? I think, um, I, yeah, in terms of beliefs, I think it's, it's, too many people are caught up on their own beliefs, thinking things that don't serve them and believing them for way too fucking long. Which aren't actually their own beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. It's not an ori- original belief of mm. like one that you choose. And I feel no. like we know, like we have a deep knowing in terms of like what the decisions are and what our beliefs are. Yeah. And it isn't until like something happens so like a switch goes on in the light. The room, mm. the room brightens up and you're like, look at all this shit that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> was there. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. Um... But I feel like the decision. I feel like decision making overall, like the it's something you don't learn. You know what I mean? Like no one really teaches you how to make decisions. And like if you look at your life at the moment, it comes down to essentially the quality of your decisions. You know, and and, and the state you're in when you're making those decisions. And it's like if you want to continue perpetuating the same situation, the same feelings, like put yourself in that same state, make the same decisions, and it's like keep keep experiencing the same crap. Yeah. I love it. What do you love learning at the moment? What do you love like learning? Researching. What do you what do you like love learning and researching the best? I think at the moment I I'm really 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 fired up and obsessed about um, learning how to incentivize and create kind of like structures that within my company that will support like leadership development and leadership growth and allow people to because I think at the moment in the market as a whole like there's a lot of people who are like leaving their jobs and they've got the side hustles and they've got all these you know different things they're doing and there's that whole great resignation. People don't want to work as hard. People don't feel inspired. They're kind of like seeing all these ways to make money and they're not really wanting to quote unquote like work for somebody, you know? So I think that's a, that's a big focus for me at the moment. I really love the, the idea of having a committed and attention driven organization on one thing. So that's something that I'm super excited about. And uh, I, I love the idea of creating a culture where it's like everyone's focus is my focus. So it's so valuable and I've observed it so many times. It's like when, when your attention's fractured or on multiple things, they all just suffer. And 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 that's something I'm I'm loving a lot at the moment. The second thing I would say would be See, just on that one, I was mentioning yeah. this is really cool. I was, I was learning from like a mentor of mine. He's like, you want to create like your company and the job so good that the people who are in there would die to keep it. Yeah. 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 Like, so if anything happens and it's like that threatens their way of life, it threatens mm. this like love that they have for the community mm. of like your company like you want them to like die stand for it, for it. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean like anything I mean, I'll go my best because I love this mm. way too much mm. and I like that sort of like made a, like a switch for me I was like oh how do I create that so it's, yeah. I'm sick you're learning that mm. it inspires me because mm. I'm like nowhere near <laughs> like at all so how do we get that done so that's good yeah, that's, that's good. really cool I think that and then I would say that the second thing which I, I don't see many people talk about or I don't see many people really focus too much on I think a lot of people focus on you know how much money you're making and, and how much growth you're having and your, your your kind of like top line or how much profit you make all that stuff but like uh, not that many talk about you know the specifics of like the product that you're selling the service you're offering the, the, the deliverables like how things work how to improve that how to make that better like how to have like an insanely valuable kind of like asset as far as like what you provide as service or, or, or product and so that's something that I'm 
really, really, really enjoying at the moment and just going through like product development, going through service development, like um, being at the forefront of what I do and being able to provide like some of the best of the best of the best um, to my community or to people that kind of come into my, my organization. That's, yeah, just lighting me up because because I guess like, a, like an outstandingly great product needs to be marketed a lot less than, you know, something that's average. If that makes sense. So I think that's something that I'm super, super, super excited pioneering about. Pioneering to make something so good. Yeah, pioneering, like like being the one that people copy as opposed to being the copier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you, if you find yourself like looking at what other people are doing in the market and like copying them, it's like you, you're always like going to be second. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that's a big thing where I'm just like, I want to be first and I want to lead and I want to be the best. And I want to create something that people look at, but like that is the, the benchmark standard. Yeah. That's cool because you've gone so, through all the initiations. So you have to go through the initiations, you learn all things, do the stuff, catch up to a certain level. And then there's one point where it's like, let's branch out. Yeah. And let's go. That's sick that you got that. And I think, I think, I think it's, I appreciate you, appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if everyone learns that because like, a lot of people go through and they make the same mistakes over and over again. You know what I mean? Like um, they might have an issue with their cash flow and they might not learn finances. Do you think that like personal development helped you do that? Or just experiences? Because uh, I know you like really, like you love educating yourself. Massively. Yeah. I've done a lot in terms of like spiritual development, personal development, like a lot. But it's interesting because with all that stuff, it's, it's, it's so, so... Um, like when I was going through a lot of, and I have gone through a lot of like really, really intense business challenges and like issues, like I would like sit there and I'd, you know, meditate for fucking two hours a day to bring myself into a state of like calm, right? But then I'd, I'd jump right back into my environment and within like 60 seconds, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm so present, I'm so calm. <laughs> oh, damn it. You wake up and you're like, hmm. I'm so cut, open your eyes. You're like, there's that fucking heart pounding. Terror! Literally, you know, so I th- it, it definitely helps. And I think it helps you to kind of like navigate the emotional regulation part. But I, I, I think um, you just have to fucking do the right thing and you have to do the work. And and one of the biggest things that slapped me in the face was like, Alex Hormozzi said, it, he's like, if you're working 60, 70 hours a week and you're not growing, you're doing the wrong things. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's that fucking simple. <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's why I like really, really, really heavily pivoted to like, stop and look at what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because like, that's the that's the downside to like what I said earlier in terms of if you're in that position, um, just start and take action and bury yourself and commit to action. But I think in reflection, if I would have done that until the point I was making like a couple of million dollars a year and then I would have like periodic breaks, maybe, maybe every quarter, and like zoom out completely and detach and have like maybe a week to 10 days of like no contact, nothing, like literally don't speak to anyone and just reflect on what I learned, I probably would have progressed a lot faster. Ooh. As opposed to just like, just keep going. Ooh. Because you know? like you need to see, um, what, what's what, what's the book I read recently? In the goal, he talked, oh no, I think it is in the goal he talks about, he's like, as a leader, you need to be the one um, climbing up the tree and looking uh, ahead of where your team of people are below you to make sure the direction you guys are going is the right direction. You know what I mean? If you're down there in the forest with them, cutting down trees and cutting the path, who knows which way you're going to fucking end up? You know, so I, I think it is really important to have that time. And I mean, this is very rich coming from me because until probably uh, 12, maybe 18 months ago, I was like, just put the pedal to the metal and fucking go, <laughs> you know? But I think when you start, that's what you need to do. I do think when you start, you need to build a relationship with yourself. You need to, you need, you need to push the threshold of like, 
I've reached burnout and all that bullshit that people tell themselves like that <laughs> balance and I just want balance I'm like motherfucker you don't need balance man you need to get some skill set you need to get some money that's what you need <laughs> like and then when you get that then you kind of need to actually zoom out a little bit and have a break that's that's what I, that's what I think at the moment probably will change in the future but at the moment I think that's what it is yeah no I like that it's like learn enough skills understand where you're going enough uh, get to the point where it's like prove yourself that you've done some like milestones and and, and, and find who's to do the things that's yeah. the thing because like once like when it's just you you need to do everything therefore you are responsible for all the skills and the delivery of those skills and so once you get to a certain level you're like okay I'm pretty good let's get some leverage you know what I mean I don't want to do everything my fucking self get some who's separate yourself a little bit then you can have that time and space so that, that's probably the hardest transition yeah I can't stress enough how powerful that is it was interesting when we were like just chatting the other day and you're like yeah I'm just really focusing on the who's with the house and immediately just had to click in my brain I was like, <laughs> I was like oh god damn because we just had someone like a hired VA for a very specific task mm. that we hadn't done for like a year which was very inexpensive and we needed to do it I was like about a year ago I was like we should really get someone doing that and mm. it's like it wasn't until 12 months later where we did it and then mm. it happened and we were like hours we have just saved like yeah. hours. I've got a year calculator thing that I created yeah, up in yeah, terms yeah, of like yeah. hours. It would have been three to four hours a day, which turns out until if you live to that age of like 95, it's like eight to 11 years. But it's not even that. What did that cost you? So much, dude. Like what did, and not even just like, the actual I, hourly rate cost of you doing that, but what that could have actually produced you in actual net revenue by you doing the right things. Like In terms of leads coming in, wild. crazy amount. Wild. A crazy amount in terms of leads coming in. In terms of like different content, all this stuff, because it was like helping my content director do all this stuff. Like helping him like do his other things. I was like, that has just, like if I had to map out the cost, it'd be something stupid. Yeah. And I was like... So when, you, when you said that and it clicked because we had it I was just I was just like had a moment I was like yeah just had to just had to feel that again yeah. in terms of the who's not the house like, but it's exactly so what you just said there this, that for me is like um, those rules that I wrote down which is like if you're going to do it do it now if you're going to do it anyway do it now have you got anywhere you got these rules like oh, I wrote them all down yeah. some of them are very personal so uh, is there, I won't share all of them is like, there a, I can't share some of them is there a few you're going to want to know, is there a few that we can put in the description we can the yeah, just yeah, a couple yeah. there's, there's probably a vast majority I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, put something out but they are, there's, a lot, there's a lot in there um, and then so second to that so you're similar to me you go uh, alright so I probably should do this I'm having a lot of fun I'm really enjoying things uh, I'm, I'm just optimistic about how things will work out you knowing and understanding that now and seeing the pain of that like every time, I don't know however frequent you do it, like however you need, however frequent you need a bit of a fucking beat up. All right, man. How did it feel to lose that money? All right. How did it feel to spend 12 months doing loser activities that I should have hired for? Getting triggered. I'm all getting right. Triggered. What am I going to do now? Let's plan the whole year out. Let's look at all the contingencies. Let's look at all the weaknesses. Let's look at all the failures. Let's organize that shit so I'd have no surprises. Like, so. <laughs> Oh. I'm triggered. Oh, no. I'm triggered. I'm going to go box after this as well. <laughs> I'm going to go on my own. You can see the whiteboard. I'm just fucking... Uh, <laughs> and write down all the negative uh, shit. I'm like, oh my God, there's definitely so many pains you think you feel like. But dude, like what you, like it's, it's, it's like that in everything. And you're, you're, you're emotionally adept enough to say that, which I think is fucking brilliant. And I think this is, this is, this is where the personal development comes in. So, my wife now and I have a, a, an epic relationship like this where just what I said to you and us having this conversation, you've been like, I'm fucking triggered. <laughs> right? So like my wife and I will have conversations and like there'll be a lot of tension around something. Say, for example, it's like me working too much 
or me prioritizing something over her. And there'll be a part of me that'll be like um, vehemently wanting to protect my position and being like, well, fuck you, you don't understand what I'm doing. It <laughs> is actually very fucking important. Like everything that I do, right? And then like, she'll sit there and she will like give specific granular details of like how like, no, uh, you're actually just getting triggered right now because you know what I'm saying is right. And you know that you should actually spend time with me. And in that moment, like I'm in there and I'm like, I can feel like these two brains, in my, like one in my head is just going like, don't you dare fucking try and like say that to me. And I want to just like bark at her and just like go nuts, right? And then there's the other part of me that's actually like what she's saying is true. Softened Completely true. Yeah. Completely. And it's like in every one of those moments, this is the personal development side where it's like you can choose. And you can be like which one of those things is actually going to create the better result in this situation. And it's the compassionate. All right. You are absolutely right. I haven't been actually spending much time with you. Yeah, like yeah, it comes up to me. So I'm getting triggered as you say that because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that all the time. And then you finally have to be like, soften your whole body, not get yeah. tense. And they're like, yeah, like you're right. And then but same, talking about it is even like, like you can talk about it and you can be like, yeah, but like if you're in it and you, you, you like, it's, it's like every part of your body wants to fight. You know what I mean? And to do the opposite of what you're actually like feeling is like insanely hard. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most valuable things. And, and I, I think in relationships, definitely, but I think just in life, you know what I mean? And that, I think having that little bit of space of being able to be like, all right, what's actually the best for me in this situation? I feel you so much on that. Mm. It was like Chloe and I, we got into like some argument when we were in Japan and I remember like, she was like, kept talking about something and I was like defending. I was like, no, I was like fighting it because like rationally and logically I can make up the reasons and I was just looking at things mm. from like one perspective and I'm like, I can't see it. And then she like, I kind of, she said something that come from another angle and a different perspective and it just like clicked and I was just like, oh no, you're 100% right. Yeah. Like you're, I take complete ownership. Mm. I take total responsibility that's that thing that I've been doing. I'm sorry, I'll change it. Yeah. She was like more offended. She's yeah. like, you've been doing this for months. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. What do you mean? I was like, you knew about this? Thing? I was like, yeah. We put it in a way that I understand now. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I think the hard thing about that is, is, is I believe that it's also in a relationship specifically, like I, I think the feminine energy will always try and challenge the masculine energy. Yeah, lift you up, bro. And, but, and, and so if you like acquiesce and like be like, oh no, you're right. Or you, it also develops a distrust in the relationship. Mm. So I think there are those things that you need to fight for and you need to oh, stand definitely. your ground and you need to be like, bitch, please, don't, <laughs> don't cross the fucking line. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, don't come up on my shit here. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Plant the flag and be like, I ain't yeah. fucking going anywhere. It's like, I, I'd call that the sacred no. When yeah. I'm like straight in the eyes. No. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, very no. true. I love that. <laughs> like the sacred no because yeah. I need like, you know, uh, like those nos are known to be like, oh, okay, because it was a test. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. That one was yeah. a test and he knowed me on the test. Okay, I can trust him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly You're right. Like, yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's funny because like you, you, you almost, I feel like men don't think like that. Like we don't test or we don't play games or we don't kind of like create certain scenarios. <laughs> To kind of like get feedback and judgment. It's just like we just are what we are. We're like, I'm going to continue doing this. So linear. We're, we're like a wolf pack. We're 100% loyalty. Yeah. If we're in, we're in. We're yeah. 100% we're like, exactly. I'm loyal to the end. Like yeah. when you make that full decision, you're like, I'm honest, I'm loyal to the end. We don't need any of this other mm. stuff. I don't need to test you for your trust and safety. I'm fucking safe. Exactly. Like, exactly. But like women, they don't feel safe at all most no. of the time. Most like, of the time. Yeah, Tony Robbins, I was like, have you been to Tony Robbins event? I have, yeah. You know, this time where he goes, he's like, oh, I'm like, women, who's felt unsafe in the past week? And exactly. every girl's like, <laughs> boom, puts their hands up, and you're like, mm. 
Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys don't feel safe, and we feel safe all the time. So I'm like, it makes complete sense. It does, yeah, it does. What you said there, I think, is um, something else. Just to digress, is um, uh, commitment and all in. I think um, I think that is a uh, something that's required right now. I think you have an all in kind of energy. No, what you do, I feel like everything you do is like done with absolute passion. Thank you for it's knowing there. that, bro. I feel seen. You're yeah, saying that. I'm yeah. Like, that makes me feel really good. Yeah, I see how you get around. You're just like full. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, I'm Thank fucking you. all here. Yeah, which is epic. And I think, um, I think a lot. Of the, it, it's it's maybe it's missing, or maybe it's like too many people are in too many too many places all at once. You know what I mean? They're on their phones, they're in their head, they're fucking thinking about the future and the past at the same time, and it like it leaves you empty. You know? So it's it's um. Yeah, that all-in kind of energy, that commitment, that like I'm here. This is all I am. Let's fucking roll. <laughs> yeah. like, that is that. It's it's very, very, very powerful. You know what I mean? And I think it it, it kind of like um, creates so much in your life when you can do that because you get so much more out of life when you give all to what you've got in front of you. It's a big, big, big thing. Yeah, it's substance. Substance. Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember. I um I was probably maybe two years ago. Two years ago, um I was kind of like doing okay at the time my like business wise was okay it was kind of like not growing where I wanted it to I, I couldn't quite understand it and I was kind of like pushing every single month to try and kind of do more of the same didn't really change the approach just doing more of the same more of the same more of the same and I had this like one friend of mine and he was like oh like I, I'd love it if you could come and like you know train my sales team and, and you could just do like two to three calls a week with them and you, you probably make like I don't know maybe an extra 15 grand a month just for like a couple of calls a week Right, and this was like during a time when my business was like it was okay, but it wasn't that good, and I was just like a bit frustrated. So it was like an easy um, distraction, right? What is um uh, lady in the red dress or shiny object, object, right? You're looking at the scene, you're like, oh, that could be easy, and that could you maybe just quickly make some money, fun, easy, put that on here, and and you and you, you you quickly with that optimistic kind of mindset, you like you run the scenario, you like makes sense. So I started kind of doing it for maybe three to four weeks, and. <clears throat> Going back to the commitment and all in peace, it was like um, the not just the fact of like what those two to three hours a day was doing, but it was like the um, you know flow on effect of before those calls, what I was thinking about after those calls, what I was thinking about, and then the damaging effect that had to every other area of my business. I was just like, I'm gonna cut this, otherwise I'm gonna drown. I feel that. You know what I mean? And and and, and I think um, one of my clients said it best uh, a few years ago, and he was like. When I was looking for business opportunities in the e-commerce space, he was like, I had this mindset where I was like, I'm going to invest, I think like 10 to 15 grand, like three times a year in multiple different vehicles and programs until I find the one. And I was like, interesting. And then like his business at the time, I think was doing like maybe 20 or 30 grand a month. And he was like, "Um, when I invested into this, I was like, this is the one. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm not doing anything else. And like within a month and a half, two, he was like immediately making sales, immediately crushing it because it's like all of your attention goes into that one thing. So, yeah, big, big, big respect in my corner from you know commitment and having that kind of all-in kind of mindset. I think it's it's crucial. Yeah, that is sick. Mm. Well, for everyone's listening, I'd like to give them, you to give them a challenge that they can do like today, this week, just mm. from listening to this, they can take action. How hard of a challenge? <laughs> Whatever. Um, go, go hard be fucking savage what's the benefit that, what, what's the benefit that they hope to get from the challenge well something that um, <clears throat> that makes sense from the podcast that we've been talking talking about so something that they've probably been like listening thinking they're like mm, like it relates to the podcast mm, okay and you'd be like okay here's a here's a challenge in regards to what we've talked about in the podcast right 
So this probably would be one of the things that I would say will create the biggest net benefit. Um, and so just I'll put a bit of context around this and I'll give the, the, the specific thing. So um, I, for years and years and years, probably like five, six, seven years, have been like a re- religious advocate of my morning routine. Where I'd wake up in the morning, I'd like do my uh, 30 to 45 minute meditation, I'd go to the gym and train, uh, integrate some breath work in there as well. And then I'd kind of plan and organize my day. So I'd have this kind of like two to maybe three, two and a half hours at least, probably three hours by the time I showered and prepped and ready for the day, where I was kind of like really just like priming my body, doing all these things. I was really, really, really focusing on just like body physical development. And um, when I listened to that thing that Alex said around like, if you're working uh, 80 hours a week and not getting the results, you're doing the wrong things. And so one, uh, I guess, like uh, area that I found that was really, really challenging for me is I didn't have enough time in my day to have for just me on like good, solid, like deep work and focus time. On, there's no distractions, there's no notifications, there's no nothing at all, zero. And so like I, I kind of like shifted my whole entire like routine and my whole entire like day structure from like wake up at 4 a.m. and do, you know, three hours of this random shit um, to wake up and just like immediately face the biggest thing that I know I need to do for the day and massive change in terms of benefit, in terms of like seeing my business grow, in terms of seeing like things that I know that I need to do get done and actually get done really well. Cause I've got this like incredibly sharp mind in the morning. I have black coffee and I just sit in front of my computer and like, and I prepare the night before, like what's the thing you're going to do for four hours in the morning? Well, just that. Okay. Awesome. And I have no meetings, no communication, nothing until like 8.30. So I've got four and a half hours of just like uninterrupted, deep focus, five days a week. So it's like 20, maybe plus the weekends. I work all day Sunday. So it's like 30 fucking hours of just like clean, focused brain, you know? And so that was a big thing that I had to like think differently about and created such a massive measurable benefit. But I resisted for a long time because I was like, no, nah, man, no fucking morning routine, bro. Like this thing's dialed in. I'm really dialed in. I'm really done. I'm going to train and... The other thing as well was like I, I had to get over the belief because I now go and train in the middle of the day, right? And I had to get over the belief that like my team and all these people around me would think that I'm lazy from going to the gym in the middle of the day while they're working. And I was like, no, nah, like, I've got to lead by example. I'm going to be slapping the keyboard at 4 a.m. and I'm going to be slapping the keyboard at 9 p.m. No one can see me not produce. Massive like identity shift where I was like, what, what are you doing? It's not actually producing the result. And so um, I shifted everything around, created so much overall benefit, but it was really quite challenging because of all those beliefs that I had to kind of get over and overcome. Now it's like, I want what I want. And I tell, don't fucking talk to me. I'm going to the gym. I don't care. You know what I mean? Do your job. Get it done. I'm going to the gym. I need to. Unless you want to wake up before I am and join me, do your fucking job. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's really, really, really changed. And so the challenge off the back of that is to, because of what I've said and because of uh, the, the, the anchor there of like, if you're going to do it anyway, do it now. Um, I would recommend the listeners to find something that you know, you already know what it is. And probably a few of the things that we spoke about triggered, you know, responses of like, oh man, I've got the same thing or, oh, I should probably do that. Or I should probably speak to my wife or I should probably, you know, do that fucking program, whatever it is. There's the thing that everyone knows they should do. And I, I, I just encourage you to apply that. If you're going to do it anyway, do it now. If that was the only thing you did and you got nothing else out of this whole fucking random rant, just like one thing that would create create the most measurable value. And maybe just tag me on Instagram and be like, hey, dude, I did this thing or message me or something or message you. I don't care. Like something that you can do yourself, like that will create the biggest impact. Sweet. And where can people find you? 
Um, I don't actually spend tons of time on socials. So Where can they buy stuff? That's quite challenging. Um, <laughs> and it's quite... Uh, Probably follow me on socials. I'm, I'm going to be more active there this year. I've made a commitment to building my brand again and, and kind of um, doing it in a way that's very authentic and very kind of real with a lot of the stuff that I know and I feel really confident about sharing. So follow me on there. Just um, Instagram, probably the best place. Um, Sasha. Sasha underscore, oh, sorry, Sasha underscore Caraba. Yeah, I'd say that's the best place where I'm considering all the platform usage, probably the most active. And what about I'm people, sorry if I don't reply for a few if, days. If people want to get to, like, like jump onto your e-com programs and stuff that, you're doing way um, that. I would say uh, Instagram is probably the best place. You can go onto my website, just ecomcapital.com, and you can learn about all the programs there. There's all details and videos and, and, and case studies and examples of what we do there. So if you want to check it out in detail, you can you can do it on the website. Otherwise, um, yeah, we can, we can catch up and due course on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming to this podcast, bro. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting this far into the podcast. As a token of my appreciation for the loyal listeners, you can get a $50 discount of your first month inside the Set the Standard community. That'll help you double your business and reprogram your mind. We have two live group coaching calls per month, eight modules and challenges, and an exclusive network where you can meet all the men who are setting the standard in here. Please use the code PODCAST, capital P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get the first $50 off of your first month. Can't wait to see you guys in there.